Welcome to the Exhibit A podcast. We are rolling. Great. How are you, Diane Rankin? I'm doing great. How about you? Good, good, good. I'm uh, really happy that you joined us. You're uh, somebody that is close by. You're with Northern Trust, and for our viewers who haven't uh, gotten to know you yet, uh, you are a certified financial advisor. Certified divorce the, financial okay. advisor. Yeah, we'll talk. Right. And we want oh, to talk okay. definitely about that that qualification. Yes. yes. And importantly, you're with Northern Trust. Yes. Okay. And uh, today's topic that I thought that many of the viewers are going to be uh, happy that we're, we're covering is mm-hmm. Social Security and divorce. Yes. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but, uh, you know, revealing my age, but I'm getting to that age where I'm really thinking about Social Security. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost 60 years old, and, uh, you know, some of the information that I'm sure you're going to give us today is going to educate people like myself as to what we should be thinking about in the near future. Um, but before we do that, I'd like to talk about you, okay? You and I have known each other for a couple of years since mm-hmm. you started working for Northern Trust, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, uh, you and I sit on the Pasadena City College. Uh, God, uh, why am I having this blank? Pasadena Scholarship C- Foundation, right? Right, yeah. and and uh, it's really cool working with you uh, in that regard. And I know that you're very active in the in the community. Um, let's talk about your qual- your qualifications. First okay. of all, with 26 years of financial services, you uh, most recently served as the VP and senior branch man- manager at Fidelity. And that's just down the street from our office over here. It correct? is, and actually that's even old. It's about been 29 or 30 years now. Okay. So it's, it's been a while that I've been in this industry. Yeah, and then you went from Fidelity to Northern Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it here that you're a divorce financial analyst. Talk to us about what that means. So what that means, it is a certification. It took a number of hours to uh, qualify for it and test for it. Um, to get that certification, you have had to been in the industry for many years. So you're not just coming, getting anyone off the street getting the certification. And the certification um, allows me to do a number of things. In early stages of divorce, it helps me to uncover hidden assets. Now, I'm not going to be the person who replaces a forensic accountant. I don't go that deep, but I can look at tax returns and other documents to find fairly obvious hidden assets. Um, Then number two, I work with attorneys in helping to shape the settlement. We model what the settlement could look like, and it helps to make a decision faster because then you can visualize what that settlement will mean, and then we can play with different aspects of it, what would work and what wouldn't work. Um, and, uh, and then afterwards, managing the assets, assets prudently. That's one of the things we do really well at Northern Trust. Um, when, uh, as most of you know, once uh, your life situation changes, you need to be very careful about those assets and use them differently than you may have, and that's our specialty. Yeah, and so Northern Trust is an extremely well-known company. Mm-hmm. Uh, started in Chicago. Yes. And is it centered? Is that the headquarters? Is it Chicago? It is. It's a hun- almost 130 years now. Okay, yeah. and, we're, and we're very fortunate to have you just one uh, story below our office here. So I see uh, Northern Trust people every single day, and I just yeah. love the fact that we're close by and we could you. use your services. One of the things that I find interesting about um, – your your specialization is is that you have a lot to offer people that mm-hmm. have assets that have never had to manage assets before. Right. You know, and in, in divorce cases, frequently what I see is is one of the spouses was the uh, person who earned the money and managed it, and, and a lot of these people are secretive about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, there's a divorce, and we get a fair settlement. 
wife gets a lot of assets, a lot mm -hmm. of wealth. And I'm saying wife mostly now, but I mean, mm -hmm. obviously it's gender neutral, but let's just assume it's the wife. Um, and we suggest, hey, you need to talk to somebody like Diane Rankin. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many people just kind of like blow us off like, like that. Um, crazy. Tell me some mm -hmm. of the things that uh, could potentially go wrong if somebody doesn't uh, seriously consider uh, looking at a strat strategy with the assets that they're suddenly in charge of, of managing. What could go wrong? Well, one of the things we often see is um, we'll call it sudden acquired money syndrome is that um, when people have not, as you were talking about, not had the opportunity to manage their money before, they get a pile of money and then they buy their son a car that he's wanted and they buy mm -hmm. uh, the pieces of jewelry they want and they find out very quickly that, uh, that they're out of money. So that's one of the things that... Um, especially getting that lump sum of money um, is really important to be judicious about. Uh, all of us have probably heard about people who win the lottery, right. and that money is usually gone within a, within a year. And so, again, with that study, sudden acquired money syndrome, that's often what we see happen. The other thing that's really important is in most cases uh, there needs to be a change of lifestyle. And one of the questions I'm asked most, and you're probably asked most this as well, is can I keep my home? And that's one of the ways our modeling is very helpful because I can show, yes, you can keep your home maybe for five years, but then you're going to have to sell it or you're going to run out of money. And the problem with selling it five years rather than now while you're still married is then, then you don't get all the tax breaks. So these are some of the trade-offs that, that, that we discussed. Yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. Right. And, and, and another time I'd like you to come in and we could go over some of the charts that you've showed me in the past about how – um, how strategy really plays into the, the mm -hmm. management of this. Today we're going to talk about Social Security, right. but I definitely do want to ask you to come back so we can get into those things, which I think that everybody that's going through a divorce uh, should really take a look at. So going back to you and your, mm -hmm. your qualifications, yeah. um, I also know that you're a graduate of USC with a degree in psychology. This is correct. You are a fascinating lady, okay, oh, because you. Uh, you don't put it on the website here about everything about you, but Okay, a degree in psychology, and I know that you were a professional musician at one time. That's correct. Okay, talk to yeah. us about that. What What did you do? So, well, to start at the beginning, I'm third-generation musician, and I'll be very quick, but my grandfather was a violinist. He played in Detroit in Henry Ford's radio show. Oh, my gosh. Came out to California to uh, play in the 20th Century Fox Studios when all the studios had an orchestra. So it was just natural that being third-generation, my parents were musicians, that I would be, and I started playing the flute at, um, at, at age nine and became a pro professional even while I was at USC and had a great career. I played in the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra. I played flute with the L.A. Opera, met my husband through the L.A. Chamber Orchestra, hmm. um, and it, it was a terrific career. I, I taught over at Occidental College and, 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 this, and the Pasadena Symphony, and that's one of the reasons I'm still involved in the board of the Pasadena Symphony is that I knew from playing that it was a, a class act and a great organization. Yeah, and that's obviously something that you're very passionate about. Yeah. Do, you, do you still play? Not very much. I've done some playing for fundraisers. Um, we've been auctioned off, and, and that's been a lot of fun. God, I would love to see it sometime. <laughs> Maybe for the... I'll let you know. Okay, well, the yeah. Pasadena or, or, City or you College. Can you all have to practice. And, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be wonderful. So mm -hmm. the other thing that I noticed is is that... I, did, I, didn't, I think that you told me this before, but you have two grown daughters. Mm-hmm. And um, you're an avid reader, a novice bridge player, and a golfer at the Annandale Golf Club. Yes. What, what don't you do? My goodness. 
I'm, I'm, I am busy. There's a lot I don't do, but I, I am busy. I, I enjoy, I enjoy every aspect of this. Do you like being busy? I love being busy. Yeah. Okay. I, I know that uh, you also fall into a very small category of people in Southern California and that you don't commute very far to your work. And I'm so envious of you. Now, I've got to say that I live pretty close to this building as well, yeah. but you're even closer. So I, I get the sense whenever I, I speak to you that there's a sense of uh, balance with you. Very much so. Yeah, I, I live four blocks from the office. Oh, my goodness. And, and when I was at Fidelity, I, it was five blocks. So it was an additional benefit coming okay. to Northern. Well, that's why you're so happy. Of, you're not yeah. living on the California freeway. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so let's get into our topic, yes. which, again, we're going to call Social Security and Divorce. And, you know, prior to uh, we going on to this program, you mm-hmm. provided me with an incredible outline. Mm-hmm. I love this outline. By the way, if any of our viewers want a copy of this outline, I'm sure that Diane wouldn't mind if I send it to you. She could email me and I could give you a copy of this. But yes. this is a great, great way to uh, talk about Social Security benefits. And what I thought we could do is we could talk about a hypothetical you case. Got it. Okay. And I'm going to borrow from you, so, mm-hmm. so don't... Uh, I hope you don't get angry at me, but I'm going to say that there's a husband by the name of George and there's a wife by the name of Helen. Yes. And uh, before I talk about this, when should George and Helen start thinking about strategizing Social Security benefits? Like, is there a certain age where people should start thinking about that? Well, people are eligible now at age 62 to start thinking about Social Security. However, the, the Social Security age, the normal age, is now age 66. And there are benefits to waiting longer to take Social Security. And this is where the chart will come in, and hopefully you can show the chart. But after the age of 66, for every year you wait, you get 8% more up into the age of 70. Okay. So if so, if you have longevity in your family, waiting to age seventy really pays off. Now, if you take it before the age sixty-six, for every year you take earlier, you get a seven percent per year haircut. So the break the the break-even date, the break-even year would be age seventy-seven or seventy-eight. So if you live past seventy-seven or seventy-eight, you actually are getting more than you would taking it earlier, and you win. Right. You, you win versus the Assuming Social Security. Assuming you live Security. that long, right. Well, most people, you know, that, um, that the average age now is in, in the, in the mid-'80s, so yeah. most of us will live live well past that. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Okay. So when, uh, anyway, that, that's, that is the moral of the story, is if you can wait till age 70, you are best off doing that, including if you're divorced. Okay. So going back to little old George and, yes. and Helen. So George lives in Southern California, and he works as a screenwriter. Yes. Okay. Uh, his employer uh, puts away Social Security, mm-hmm. pays Social Security with his paycheck for mm-hmm. uh, the, the duration of his employment. Mm-hmm. Helen, on the other hand, stays home. Mm-hmm. She tends to the household. She manages. Mm-hmm. She's the CEO of the, of the ship. Yeah. She also has a, a couple of kids. She takes mm-hmm. care of them. And unfortunately, one day George says, we're divorcing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's your, that's your hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Okay. To start off with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first question I have is, is, uh, can Helen receive these social security benefits even though she's never worked? I mean, in her adult life, she basically, she graduates college where mm-hmm. she met George mm-hmm. and they decide that she's not going to work. She never does. Could she get social security benefits? The answer is yes, absolutely. As long as she's over age 62, and they've been married at least 10 years, she is eligible to half 
of George's benefits. So I was going to ask you that question because I didn't yes. know that. So she gets half of, of the half benefits. Half of it. it, it now, had she been working and had her own benefits, she could take half of his or her own, which is whichever is more. Okay. All right. And uh, you talked about her qualifications to mm-hmm. be able to receive. Mm-hmm. So what are they, in a, if you were kind of outlining them for me? Number one, she has to be age, over age 62. George has to qualify. They have to have been married 10 years. And, again, George's needed to be more than her own. Okay. George's half needs to be more than her own. And in this case, she didn't work, so she has her her own. So that means she would qualify for half of George's. Those and are the main the main things that need to have happened. And the earliest she could uh, begin receiving that is age 62? Age 62. But the same rules apply is that if she can wait until age 70, she'll get 8% more every year. Okay. Right. Okay. And uh, will George's benefits then be reduced by Helen drawing from them? Not at all. They're not reduced. um, And George doesn't even have to know. He doesn't have to be involved at all. Okay. So no sweat off his back. Okay. No sweat off his back. What happens if he remarries? Well, if he remarries, um, Helen still gets her benefit. Uh, Now, if he remarries and the second wife, they're married 10 years, Wife number two also gets half of his benefit. What happens if he marries a third wife in the for 10, ten years? years so this guy could, he could be spreading the wealth, Absol- man. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And they yeah. all get half of his, his retirement? They each get half. What happens if he dies? So what happens if, if he dies, then each of those wives who've been married 10 years get 100% of his benefits. As long as the wife is age over, over age 60 and as long as the wife is not remarried. If the wife remarries, then she's entitled to new husband's benefits. So she loses out on... Right, yeah. and that's one of the reasons that older people sometimes don't remarry, or, or, or I should say don't marry someone new, because then they would be losing that benefit. That, that's why the old old folks are uh, living, living in Living together, exactly, okay. yes. That's interesting, because you yeah. do see a lot of that, and I never right. understood that. Yeah. Um, so if, uh, if the, Helen... Uh, if she if she remarries, she loses George's. George remarries. Helen doesn't lose anything. Correct. Okay. And the reason for that is the Social Security Administration does not want, especially women, to be destitute. They want to make sure that they have some support underneath them. Okay. I, I, this wasn't in your outline, but I, mm-hmm. I, I assume you know the answer to this mm-hmm. is do every. Does everybody receive the same amount of Social Security benefit? They do not. What's it based off of? It's based off the wages that they've earned, how many years, and how much they they earn. There is a cap. So for our top earners, it's about $44,000 a year. For oh, the for the good. full benefit, and then so then the wife would get half of that. What's, what's what kind of uh, income would bring forty four thousand? You know, year? I don't know that. Okay. Uh, that interesting though yeah. that it does vary. It does vary, and every year as you're getting closer to Social Security age, you should be getting in the mail, and these are worth looking at what your benefits are. Oh, and okay. So okay. It's in a folded thing with perforated size from the Social Security. I've seen it before, but I've never really looked at it. Don't throw it in the trash. Take a look at it. (laughs) It will show you where you are and how much you'll expect. It will show you how much you'll expect at different years, encouraging you you to wait longer to to take your benefits. Interesting. Okay. And um, can somebody um, catch up or, or start collecting at an older age? So... Yes, so it is important to stay on top of this. So let's just say you've waited till age 70, 
but then you forget to apply and you've aged now, you're at 71, you will start at that full benefit, but you cannot get back payment. Mm. So that's why it's important to be on top of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't get back payment. So, so the latest st- that you, you should be receiving is age 70? Right. You really should apply at the latest at age 70 because if you wait a year longer, you've lost out that whole year of payments. There is, again, no retroactive payments. Okay. If George doesn't retire, he says, look, you know what? I, I, that's not me. I'm going to yeah. work till the day that I die. Can Helen drop her? She sure can. Yep, Helen can, as long as they've been divorced two years, uh, she can collect those wages. And again, George doesn't even have to know about it. Okay. Can, if, if George continues working, can he receive Social Security benefits? Yes. Okay. Is there now, a- he'll pay taxes on it, and I, I, I don't have the details of the taxes, but there's a graduated tax schedule that he'll pay on that Social Security based on his wages. Okay. If he's not uh, working and he's just receiving Social Security, does he pay taxes on that? Uh, usually not, but it again, depends on other income that he may have. Okay. Now, this is definitely going away from right. the, the outline, but yeah. you're, you're a financial advisor, right. you, and I know that Northern Trust is, is like got its finger on all of the uh, financial things that are happening mm-hmm. in, in this country. I keep hearing, all my life I kept hearing, that Social Security is not going to be around for the next generation and things of that nature. Do you have any uh, thoughts about that, about the people that maybe they're 20 years old, and is Social Security going to be around, you know, when they get to be my old age? Um, I know that there's a fear out there. I would expect that it it will be around in some form. One of the things that we're seeing, especially with this new generation, is they're cobbling their incomes. You know, you see Uber drivers, and as you're talking about the industry, you have screenwriters who are having to do multiple jobs, and they don't have a retirement plan. So mm-hmm. people are really going to be dependent on things like Social Security. So I would be surprised if it, it, if we don't have something in place. Yeah, you would think that uh, they would go kicking and screaming just like our generation exactly, did. Exactly, right. Okay. Um, how does one apply for Social Security be- benefits? All one has to do is go online to the Social Security Department and uh, have the age, and um, they know who you are, so just have to apply. Uh, and that brings up one thing is to make sure that if you've changed your name that you notify the Social Security Department and let them know where to find you so that you aren't getting mixed up um, so uh, so that things will be easy when you're ready to apply. Okay, so you don't, you don't have to go to an office and meet with some bureaucrat. You no, can just do it online. Just do it right online. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Wow, no phone calls? No, no phone calls. Wow, wow, that, yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty easy. Well I like automated. that. Okay, um, so... You know, some people that you have as customers, mm-hmm. probably the last thing they're thinking about is Social Security benefits. They're probably mm-hmm. uber wealthy. Mm-hmm. But um, with respect to making an enormous amount of money, mm-hmm. does it matter if you earn, you know, if you're in the top 1%, whether or not you can still draw from Social Security? You sure can. That's your, you're entitled to it. You've, you've put it in the system. You're entitled to, ta- to take the benefit. Pretty you good. may want to give it to charity if you'd like. But, okay. Uh, well, but yet you definitely are entitled to it. That's good to know. I think yeah. that there's been some movement out there that you know the, the uber wealthy people should forfeit their mm-hmm. rights and receive these things. And I, yeah. I just thought I'd ask you since you're the expert. Yeah. Okay. And uh, now let's talk about if there's a divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you're a specialist, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, in divorces, we frequently divide up uh, assets like retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Social Security, in your uh, mind, something that the family court's going to get involved in? Um, 
Well, they're not going to see it as an asset that they're going to split, but they are going to look at it as um, part of the income. So you probably could better answer that how you've seen that um, in, in real life. Yeah. So what, what I yeah. what I see is is that like you said it's not an asset. I right. mean, if somebody says, "Look, I want uh, a disproportionate amount of his retu- his Social Security," the court's going to go, hey, "Whoa, I don't have any yes. jurisdiction over that." Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. It's not something that we put in the judgment as far as awarding or right. anything. But like like you said though, if somebody's ordered to pay support mm-hmm. or somebody wants support, it's mm-hmm. certainly going to be considered as right. income. Right. Yeah. I, one of the things in your outline that was really interesting mm-hmm. is you indicated that. There's uh, discovery requests mm-hmm. that should be made on the uh, the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak about that? Right. It's just that you want to make sure that um, when you are doing discovery, um, if you can access um, your spouse's that that report that I was talking about with the perforated so- sides, that would be very helpful because then we would know how much he's entitled to and able to figure out what your half would be. Okay. okay. It's not absolutely necessary, but it is very helpful in looking at. Okay. At what you'd be receiving. And uh, you put in here that I thought was really good for people to know is that prenuptial agreements cannot be waived or cannot waive Social Security benefits. It's kind of like outside. Again, it's not in the family court's jurisdiction right. for that. Yeah. Right. No, one other thing that was really interesting, you talked about mm-hmm. who would be uh, uh, qualified for the benefits of a spouse's uh, Social Security benefits. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, even common law marriages, or I don't know if you've ever seen a marriages that have been annulled for some reason. Um, but yeah, they are even in that scenario. We call those putative spouses. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What that's called? Yeah. So, so if one of the spouses thought that he or she was married, and mm-hmm. the other side didn't disclose, like hey, I didn't really get divorced. Yeah. In California, that's called a putative spouse. But according to your outline, that person would receive still entitled to that half. So who in the heck would they talk to about that? Because you're not really giving. Uh, I mean, is it contested in Social Security? Do, I mean, how are they? How would somebody go about saying, "Look, uh, I was never legally married to him, uh, but you know, if I'm in a state with a common law or I'm a putative spouse, mm-hmm. I'm still entitled to those benefits." I would imagine it would be showing tax bills showing any other thing that you could prove that you were married. It's, it's such an unusual situation. Maybe a family law judgment or something. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Some type of a judgment to prove to the administration cool. that, that you were together for those 10 years. Okay. Man, that's pretty good for a lot of people out there, I would mm-hmm. think. Uh, okay. So I can't think of anything else about Georgia and Helen other than to think that Helen's going to be taken care of, it looks like, so long as she's married to him for over 10 years. Right. A couple of things, though, that I would would say is that uh, as you are putting together documents in in terms of um, leaving George, Helen, um, what she will need to claim, since she doesn't have to get George's permission, she will need to know his Social Security number. Okay. She'll need to know where he was born and the name of his parents. So hopefully she knows that after 10 years. And if not, the discovery process uh, will take care of that with, with right. an attorney. Cool. Right. Well, it's good to know. So, I, you know, I think that if there's any further questions people have about Social Security benefits or uh, taking care of their assets as far as management, they're free to contact you at Northern, Absolutely. Northern Trust. And the website, the Social Security Administration, uh, their website um, is very helpful, too. So for So you don't have to remember everything. I think the main thing to remember is to wait longer to, to take your benefits, especially if you're going to have longevity, um, and uh, just, just stay on stay on top of it. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Well, let's change topics, yes. okay? So I pulled one out. Since you're a wealth manager, yes. um, 
you probably have to at least peek at some of these these articles about the mega wealthy people getting divorced. And of course, everybody knows about the most recent one, right? That's the uh, oh, Jeff Bezos. That's right, Jeff Be- <laughs> Bezos. Yes. <laughs> so it's 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 interesting. You know, I don't really ever want this program to be like one of these, you know. Uh, shows that just you know gets in and talks about the rich and famous and everything like that but it is interesting when you've got mega wealthy people that are billionaires and you know like in this case how much money do do people really need to live i mean there's a certain point where you've got too much wealth you can't even spend it in in several lifetimes right and i think about tiger woods when his wife left him how how many millions she took yeah it is it is crazy yeah so in this in this article, you know, it kind of goes through, you know, all these people that got divorced, you know, and this naming the the big divorces and yeah. stuff. But one of them was interesting. It says when uh, Manhattan real estate titan Harry Macklow, then eighty, split from his wife Linda in two thousand and sixteen, it was just two years shy of their diamond wedding anniversary. What is a diamond wedding anniversary? Do you know what that is? I think that's fifty years. Fifty years. Yeah. Whew, okay. Yeah. Okay. The cause was Harry's new relationship with his sprightly 62-year-old French girlfriend, Patricia. <laughs> okay, now, to celebrate their March wedding, Macklow plastered a billboard-sized double portrait of himself and his new bride on the side of his 96-story residential tower at 432 Park Avenue. That's digging it in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it says that the gesture followed a year of bitter divorce proceedings against Linda, which put the couple's riches on public display like the opening of King Solomon's Mines. So, you know, what really caught me about this is, is uh, in, my, in my experience, I don't know about yours, but just because somebody has dollars, lots of zeros, mm-hmm. at the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they're going to act any, any saner when it comes mm-hmm. to divorces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just get to play a little bit more and stuff, uh, you know, like this. I mean, could you imagine how much that's, that cost to, to put that put on, on the, the side the building. of the building? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So here's the, here's the other article that I have. And this one uh, deals with kind of an estate planning issue or something like that. And this is a woman wants a divorce after finding out her husband has fathered 47 children <laughs> via sperm donation. <laughs> and the article says that uh, – so she's – she apparently marries this man, mm-hmm. and he divulges to her. He says, you know, I'm a sperm donor. And she goes, oh, okay, that's not a problem. And she says that uh, uh, after eight years, she starts learning how many people have uh, picked his sperm from the sperm bank, and now he's got 47 children. <laughs> and she, she posts online, uh, you know, do you think I'm wrong for maybe wanting a divorce, you know, yeah. about this? You yeah. know, he didn't tell me it was 47. You know, I figured it was a couple and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I thought this was interesting about estate planning because, you know, you talk about uh, he doesn't know these children, obviously. And I guess this couple have a couple of children between them. Could you imagine the problems if he dies intestate, especially if he's one of these billionaires, right? right this is crazy. We actually have um, our, the, the head of our trust group has come and talked about non-traditional families. I, I don't know if you realize that, but a husband and a wife, man and woman marriages are, are, are not the norm anymore in terms of, I mean, there's so many single family members now. Um, and uh, um, he was talking about the situation similar to this where there's so many, um, I we, don't we are living in a called. different time. Really, yeah. we're many different beneficiaries than had been expected in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely living in a different time. I mean, you've got yeah. same-sex marriages, you've got, yeah. uh, you know, you've got marriages, or you've got families where there's two fathers or two mothers right. and all this stuff. Right, so. and again, many single parents now. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot of paternity cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Diane, thank you very much oh, for joining my us. Pleasure. Would you please come and join us again? Absolutely. Because I'd really like to, next time you come on, is to talk about 
how you could show our viewers, you know, the strategies that go along with, you know, managing your wealth and the, the pros and cons of not doing it. Great. I'm right downstairs. Look forward to seeing you again. Okay. Thanks, Diane. <laughs> and thank you for joining us on Exhibit A. Exhibit A is produced by David Lindley at the law offices of Donald P. Schweitzer in Pasadena, California. For more information, visit us online at PasadenaLawOffice.com and all social media platforms. 